Amen. Good morning, church. Anybody loving Jesus today? Amen. He's the reason that we've gathered in this place. He's the reason that we sing. He's the reason that we teach. He's the reason we preach. He's the reason we say anything. It's all because of Jesus. Amen. And if we ever lose sight of Jesus being our everything, that's when we're going to get into trouble. And that's when we get into religion and we move away from the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's so good to be here with my dear friends, um, Pastor Dave and Patty and Joseph and Eden. They are amazing servants of the Lord. You are a blessed church because you have them as your leaders. Oh, that was weak, y'all. <laughs> I said, you are blessed to have them as your leaders. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's a, a, a tremendous blessing to be a part of the kingdom of God. As Pastor Dave mentioned, I've been with Teen Challenge now for a number of years. And, and to see what God does in transforming people's lives is, uh, is just a, uh, miraculous every day. And I met a couple of Teen Challenge guys here today. And so I bless you in the name of the Lord, your family. Amen. You're a part of the Teen Challenge family. And and God is still doing miracles through the ministry of Teen Challenge now in 125 nations of the world, some 1,400 Teen Challenge ministries around the world that God continues to, to deliver those who are bound by drugs and alcohol and sin. Can somebody say amen? Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And uh, so I was just in uh, Lebanon uh, back in November of this past year, uh, had a chance to minister down in the Bekaa Valley. Uh, with Syrian refugees down there and got a chance to pray for a, a whole lot of Muslim people uh, that are uh, really seeking uh, a way forward in their life. And the power of the Holy Spirit manifested in some um, miraculous ways to bring healing and deliverance. How many of you believe in the healing power of Jesus? Amen. I tell you, he's still a healing Jesus today. Do you believe that? Amen. We serve a loving God who comes with all of his power, his mercy, and his grace to deliver his people and to set them free so that they can walk in the destiny for which he created them. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, We're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that God foreordained that we would walk in before the foundation of the world. Uh, and so God uses us as his ambassadors uh, to help awaken people to their purpose, to their destiny, and to the reality and the truth that Jesus is alive. So you are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Did you know that? Amen. So when you go uh, throughout this earth, whether it's in your neighborhood, on your job, in your family, you walk in ambassadorial authority, and you are able to represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Um, I had the privilege of going to a, a number of nations uh, to raise up and, and minister to Teen Challenge leaders and also to minister in conferences and things. And, and it's just amazing to see what God is doing around the earth. And I believe that God is about to do something amazing here in this place because you have an appointment with destiny uh, and you have been standing in prayer. And when you fast and when you pray, uh, you move the hand of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you in your fast. I know that you're just getting into it here at the very beginning. Uh, but when you seek the Lord and when you, when you call on the name of the Lord, the power of God comes on the scene and begins to move in our lives in miraculous, miraculous ways. Sometimes the things that we're facing can only come out by prayer and fasting. Uh, and so this is a season for that. At the end of last year as I was... 
I spoke with Pastor Dave, and the Lord had put on my heart that the church is going to be entering into a season of breakthrough, that this is a season and a year of breakthrough. How many of you need a breakthrough in your life? Amen. Maybe a breakthrough in your family, breakthrough in your finances, breakthrough in your relationships. This is a season of breakthrough. And as I began to meditate on that, you know, in Second uh, Samuel chapter 5 and First Chronicles chapter 14, it talks about David broke through the enemy lines of the Philistines. Well, in order to have breakthrough, it has to start with prayer. Someone say, start with prayer. Amen. Because David inquired of the Lord as the Philistines were surrounded them as they were in the valley of Rephium. And, um, and God gave him instructions on how to defeat the Philistines. So it, it started with prayer. It's prayer and obedience and pressing into God that gives you the breakthrough. Amen. Now, David was a warrior, so he could have just started fighting, start beating at the air. God doesn't want us to just start beating at the air, but he wants us to live and operate in revelation. Amen. Jesus said when the spirit of truth comes, he will lead and guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit uh, brings the revelation of God's heart, his mind, his purpose, and will into a situation. And when we listen and respond in obedience to what the Holy Spirit reveals, then we are able to have breakthrough in the areas where the enemy has been trying to, to steal, kill, and destroy. Can somebody say amen? And so because you're starting out the year with prayer, you are really setting yourself up for breakthrough. Because breakthrough comes when you seek the face of the Lord and when you obey what the Lord speaks uh, into your life. Uh, then you are able to have God's strategy, God's tactic, his anointed uh, leadership in order to get through the enemy's strongholds uh, and to walk in the fullness of God's purpose in your life. And so get ready for breakthrough. Anybody need a breakthrough? You ready? Amen. Stay on your fast then. Amen. And pray and seek the Lord, and you will see breakthrough come. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, I have nine, uh, eight grandchildren. My youngest grandson was born in September. He came a bit early. He only weighed one pound, three ounces. Uh, but praise the Lord. Uh, he's out of the NICU. He's at home with mom and dad. Uh, he's almost nine pounds now. Uh, and he's doing fantastic. God is so, so good. Amen. And so we're grateful for grandchild number eight. He's going to be a prophet to the nations. Glory to God. Amen. Uh, take that devil. Amen. Talk about a breakthrough. He's going to break through that one pound, three ounces, and he's going to come and, and bring the word of God that's going to bring deliverance and salvation to the, to the nations. But the Lord is so faithful, he keeps his word to a thousand generations. I don't know where all you have been in your life and what the challenges are you're facing, but I want to encourage you today that God knows exactly where you are. Amen. He knows exactly what you're facing. He knows exactly what you're going through, and he knows exactly what you need, and he is here to meet your very need. Amen. You know, as I was... And Joseph, by the way, I really enjoyed the time of worship today. You have an amazing anointed worship leader in this house, uh, and what a gift. Amen. Come on, give it up for your, the worship team. Amen. You have a great worship team here. I really believe that you are uh, on the precipice of an amazing breakthrough. Now, see, when you say breakthrough, that means you got to fight. <laughs> Someone say, I got to fight. Amen. Amen. We're in a spiritual battle. There's always another battle that we have to win. Hallelujah. There's always another race that has to be run. 
And so when God says, I'm going to bring breakthrough in your life, you have to get your armor on. Make sure that your helmet of salvation on and your breastplate of righteousness and belt of truth and you got the sword of the spirit ready and your feet are covered with the gospel of peace because you have to fight. But you're not fighting just any old way, but you're fighting, as I said earlier, on the inspiration and the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But it's a battle. We're in a spiritual battle. And I think that's the key for us today in the season that we're in is to make sure you're fighting the right battle. So it's many times we're fighting, but we're not fighting the right battle. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. Uh, and if we're not careful, we will begin to uh, think that other people are our main problem rather than the spirit that is motivating maybe some of their behavior, the things that's going on in their lives. Uh, we have a real enemy to fight, and God will unmask the enemy. And that's what he did with David uh, when David inquired of the Lord, should I go up against the Philistines? The Lord says, surely go up, you will be successful. And so God will unmask the enemy and give you the tactic and the strategy on how to be successful. But understand, you have to fight the right battle. And you have to know who the enemy is. And I think sometimes when we just do a, a, a blanket thing where we start fighting against everything and everybody and, and start uh, thinking that everybody is your enemy and not recognizing that the, the devil uh, and the principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness of darkness, that's your real enemy. And you can't fight with natural weaponry and natural strength, but you have to have the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's the spirit life, it's the life that is centered and led by the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to be successful in the work of the kingdom. That's why God called us. He didn't call us to just live a natural, ordinary life. If you take the supernatural out of the gospel, if you take the supernatural out of the church, it is not the church that Jesus built. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, I'll, maybe my style is a little different, but... I love you, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, but the church is a supernatural church, and we need to expect and look for the power of God to show up. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you believe in miracles? Amen. Have you experienced any miracles? Hallelujah. I'll tell you, God works miracles today. And I think if we ever get to the place that we don't anticipate or expect miracles, then we have stepped back from our role as God's ambassadors and representatives in the earth because we are to preach, teach, and demonstrate the gospel. Amen. See, folks don't want to just join a religious club. They don't want to just join our religion. They need to have a, an experience with God. Amen. That's what people are looking for more than anything in this world today is they are looking for a genuine experience of the power of God. They don't know that, but that's what they really are looking for. And so when it seems like they're not receiving you when you share your faith with them, it's because they've heard it all before. They've heard religion. They've heard many of the stories that you will tell them, but they have not experienced God's forgiveness. They have not experienced God's love. They have not experienced the peace of God for the torment that's in their mind. They haven't experienced the healing of God for their physical body. They haven't experienced the miracles. And what we're to do is to be prepared to bring them the gospel in demonstration as well as in word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How many people love to share their faith with others? 
Hallelujah. Amen. Well, this is the season to share your faith like no other. I believe that God is going to bless all of your efforts. He's going to fill this place up with people who are seeking after him. They won't come to this church because uh, there's a good teacher here but and you have the best. They won't come because you have a great worship team and you have the best. They will come because of the witness of the gospel in your life and the miracles that they see breaking forth in your life as you share Christ with them. Amen. So don't be afraid to, to minister God's grace to them. Pray for them and expect God to show up because people are desperate. They're looking for answers. They're searching for, for answers in their lives, and they're at the end of themselves, and they don't know if they can make it till tomorrow. But when you show up with the word of God and you lay hands on them and they recover, glory to God, you speak a word uh, in season uh, that, that really lifts the burden off of them, then they will want to know who is it that you know. Well, amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord today, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse number 2 is the verse I want to read today and just share briefly from this today. And I'm just believing God for breakthrough in all of our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. When we worship and when we praise the Lord and when we seek him, that's when the glory of God comes on the scene. You know, I remember years ago, uh, when I was sick with cancer and the Lord healed me, uh, I quoted all the scriptures and I believed what the word said. And when I stood on that word and persevered in that word and God's power showed up, uh, I tell you, it, I was expecting it. But how many of you know that many times when you're praying and you're in the midst of a battle, sometimes your faith gets weak? Hello? <laughs> and it's like, Lord, help my unbelief. <laughs> But when the Lord shows up and he does what he does and it's undeniable, then you are able to, uh, to have a, a testimony that is able to cut through all of the resistance that the enemy throws up in, the, in front of you. And what God wants to do is he wants to give you a testimony. So everything that you're facing today, every challenge that you're facing is part of God's testimony that he's building your life. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, and we do not love our lives until the death. In other words, we don't, uh, we don't put our own creature comforts first, but we put the purposes of God's kingdom first. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's what God is calling us to do uh, in, in Habakkuk chapter, th uh, chapter 3, verse number 2. It says, O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. O Lord, do I fear. And that fear is a reverence of worship. In the midst of the years, revive your work. Make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. Hallelujah. I have heard of your report and your work, O oh Lord. We've been hearing about what God can do. We have heard about his report. We've heard about his miracles. We've heard about his love. We sang about his compassion on the cross. We sang this morning about how Jesus hung on that cross and he gave his life for us so that we can be raised from the dead. Uh, we, we have heard of his report. When we hear of God's report, does it cause us, does it cause us to worship? When you hear of the goodness of God, when you read the Bible, does it cause worship to erupt in your heart? Amen. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, for he has done 
Amen. He has done great things. When we recognize the great things that God has done, it causes us to begin to worship and to honor him. But it says, in the midst of the years, revive your work. When we start moving forward in the journey that God has for us, there are things that happen along the way. There are things that begin to attach themselves to our lives that begin to pull us back from the fullness of God, God's destiny. And we need the Lord to bring his power and his strength to revive us and to refresh us so that we can move forward and not be stopped. And so the prayer here uh, in Habakkuk is, Lord, revive us in the midst of the years. Revive your work. Revive your work in me. Revive your work through me. Revive your work around me. Hallelujah. And remember mercy, God, in the midst of all of my struggles. In Psalm 44, verse 1, it says, We have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us the work you did in their days, in the days long ago. One generation will praise God's work to the next generation. It says, we've heard about what you've done in the past. In Psalm 71, verse 20, it says, though you have shown me uh, mercy, uh, though you have shown me, taken me through many uh, misfortunes and troubles, you will revive me. Say, you will revive me. Come on, say it with me. You will revive me once again. Even from the depths of the earth, you will bring me back up. I want you to know that God is able to bring you back up. If you feel like you're down today, God is able to bring you back up. In Psalm 85, verse 6, it says, Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? And the answer is yes, because he just said, in the midst of the years, hallelujah, revive your work, O Lord. And I want you to know that God is about to bring some revival into your life. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's about to bring some revival into your life. And um, that word revive means to awaken, to restore, to make live. To awaken, to restore to make live. If your dream has fallen down, God is about to make it live again. Hallelujah. And if you need strength in your body today, God is about to bring strength to your body. He's able to awaken that dream again. He's able to restore what you believe has been taken to you and can never be gotten back again. And if, if your dreams have died, God is able to breathe life into them again. Renew them in our day and in our time. Make them known. Renew them in our day and in our time. In other words, God, I want to see it not after I've passed off the scene and it goes to the next generation. But, Lord, will you do it in our day? Will you do it in our time? Do you believe he can? Amen. This is, this is what the Lord put on my heart for the church today is that God is about to, in your season and in your time, allow you to see his restoring power in those things that you believe are absolutely dead and cannot live again that is of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Your eyes will behold the glory of the Lord. My eyes have seen the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. And God wants you to see his glory once again. Renew them in our day and in our time. Hallelujah. 
thank God for his restoring and renewing power in our day and in our time. Perhaps you have children or grandchildren or people you care about who are away from the Lord. God says that he will allow us to see it in our day and in our time. Amen. So if you believe in God for someone to come back to the Lord, believe that you're going to see it in your day and in your time. Your eyes will see the glory of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember growing up in a home, my mother was not uh, a believer, but my father was a powerful prayer warrior. Amen. He was a man of prayer. He'd pray the paint off the walls, y'all. I tell you, this brother could pray. I, I remember I would get embarrassed if I had friends over, and my dad would pray so loud in his room. It was like, because the house was really small, and he would pray out loud. He didn't pray one of these, you know, oh, Father, oh, bless, oh, hallelujah. This brother would be praying out loud, oh, Heavenly Father, I'm lifting up my children to you. And he'd call us out. I have six brothers and sisters, seven of us. He'd call out everybody's name. And he would pray a destiny for every single one of us. And so we'd sit there and we'd be ticking off on the paper. Okay, there's you. <laughs> there's you. And we'd tick off and get, get every name and say, okay, finally he's through. And then he'd start back up again. Oh, Lord, all the children all over the world that don't have nothing to eat. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I said, come on, brother, amen. We save some prayer for tomorrow. <laughs> but you know what? I would give anything to hear my dad pray again. He's been in heaven now for 20 years, and I don't know what God's got him up there doing, but he sure would be a good prayer person. <laughs> But he loved Jesus with all of his heart, and he taught us to love Jesus and to love everybody. He had a love for all people. And, and that was a very powerful example that he lived in front of my brothers and sisters and I. We grew up in the South where it was very segregated and a lot of racial stuff. But my dad loved everybody. He didn't care what race you was, what you looked like. He just loved people. And he taught us to love everybody. And that was the environment that we grew up back in the 60s and all of that uh, civil rights movement, but my father embodied living for Jesus above everything. And I remember when he passed away and, he, and his funeral came, there was a lot of people came. We didn't know who these folks were. Uh, in that part of, of, of Florida that I grew up in, the Panhandle, very segregated, it was a very um, integrated funeral. And so it's like, folks like, well, where did all these folks come from? How, how did your daddy know these folks? And they would stand up and say, when my son was in jail, your dad came and prayed for us. Uh, when my wife was in the hospital, your dad came by and laid hands on her, uh, my wife. And, and, all, and, and the legacy of his prayers extended way beyond the boundaries that were set for him culturally because he did not allow culture to define him. He allowed the word of God, the power of God, the revival spirit of God to define his approach to his life. Hallelujah. And God says he wants to revive us in the midst of the years. In other words, he wants us to get past all of the limitations that keep us from stepping into the glory. Because he goes on in this very same book and he says that the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. The reason that is going to happen is because he's going to have a people who are revived in the midst of the years and they're going to stand up and they're going to declare God's glory over their communities, over their nations over the world, over their families, and that is how we're going to see the glory of God in the earth. Hallelujah. 
This is what God has called us to. And so he was a great example of seeing the glory of God move beyond whatever the limitations of society and culture said you can't. But God says you can, hallelujah, because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He's the one who enables you to stand up to the devil. He's the one who enables you to move past the limitations of your own mind. He's the one who enables you to move past the limitations of your own understanding and to step over into the glory. This is the church that Jesus is coming back for, a church that is filled with the glory of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody want to step into the glory? Amen. The way we step into the glory is we have to be revived in the midst of the years by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And you're setting yourself up for that when you begin to fast and pray because you're saying, Lord, strip away all of the stuff that is in me as I press in to pray to you and I'm going to see your glory. But, you know, we prayed for mama for 45 years. Hello. Don't quit. Don't give up. Persevere. My mother was an alcoholic. She didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus. She said, oh, that's your dad's stuff. That ain't me. But we would pray for mom for 45 years. And I remember I tried to get her to come to hear me preach. I said, mama, you know, one of your boys preaching. She go, oh, well, if that's what God told you to do, you go ahead on and do that. But it, but it's not for me. <laughs> but I convinced her to come. My brothers and sisters at one Christmas time convinced her to come. And she came to hear me speak at a church there in Florida. And when I gave the invitation at the end of the service, mom came down on her walker. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> she was in her mid-70s, and she came down on her walker. And I'm standing there, and I go, yeah, mama? She said, I want to be saved. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I was able to lead my mom to the Lord. She got baptized. And she joined the church that my sister and my brother-in-law pastor, and she became a faithful church member until she passed away. And her youngest daughter and son-in-law were her pastors. Hallelujah. And she vehemently wanted nothing to do with God. I will revive you in the midst of the year. Now, the midst of the year can be six months from now. <laughs> or it can be six years from now. Hello? The timings and the seasons are in God's hands. What you have to do is you have to hold on to the promise. See, we want to tell God when to do it, how to do it, what it ought to look like, you know, when everything's supposed to happen. No, when you hear the promise and the, the faith that is birthed in you because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and when faith comes to you and, and you believe it, and, and that's really... Uh, with the conversation that Habakkuk had with God in the first two chapters of that book is really about him going back and forth with God about how God does things. Like, God, you don't do things the way I think you should, you know. Um, but the end of it, he came to this conclusion that the just shall live by faith. Hello? He came to the conclusion the just shall live by faith. So, Lord, even though... It seems kind of strange to me that you would use the Babylonians to, to come in and do what they've done to, to our nation. And, and God said, well, I'll take care of them too because he took care of the Babylonian Empire for their brutality. But he did use them as his, as his instrument. And so Habakkuk couldn't understand why God did some of the things he did the way he did them. 
We don't always understand because our ways are not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts because God does things the way God does things. But when he came to this conclusion, if I will just have faith in God, no matter what it looks like, and even if I don't understand how God is moving in my circumstance, if I will have faith in God, that's what I'm required to do. So if it doesn't happen the way that I think it should happen, if it doesn't look the way that I think it should look, if I have faith in God, I know that God's will and purpose will be worked out in my life. Hallelujah. And so I want to encourage you today, allow the faith of God to rise up in your heart and say, God, I believe you even if it doesn't change the way that I think it should, if it doesn't change in the moment I think it should, if it doesn't happen the way that I've preconceived it should happen, I know that you're with me. I know that you won't forsake me. I know that you will never fail. And I know that you will revive, hallelujah, the dream. You will revive the vision. You will revive because of your prophetic anointing that rests upon my life. Hallelujah. The just shall live by faith. And when we have faith in God, we have confidence. We have joy unspeakable that's full of glory. We have the ability to rejoice in the midst of the difficult times because we're not defined by the times. We're defined by our faith in God. Amen. If you're defined by your faith in God, even if things are not happening the way that you think they should on the timetable that you have pressed God into and it's not moving the way that you think it should move, if you have faith in him, you will persevere, you will stand, and you will continue to have the joy of the Lord because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so if we're solid citizens in God's kingdom, then we will live right, hallelujah, we'll be filled with peace, and we will be filled with joy. And guess what? Discouragement won't be able to get in, hallelujah. Depression will not be able to rule our lives. It's like, why do you have a smile on your face? Don't you have some problems? Yeah, there's some problems there, but I got a problem solver who lives in my life, who lives in my heart. And so I got the problem solver. So yeah, the problem's there, but it's going to be all right because I know the problem solver. Glory be to God. Amen. And if you know the problem solver, then you have faith and confidence and you have peace and you have joy and you can wait for him to breathe and to revive even if it's already smelling like death. Remember Lazarus? Jesus, if you got here a little bit sooner, you know, your friend Lazarus wouldn't be smelling like this today. <laughs> God has a reason for his waiting. Many of us have been waiting, waiting, waiting. I want to tell you, don't stop waiting. Keep your confidence in the Lord. God has not forgotten about you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And all he has to do is just breathe and revive in the midst of the years what you have been waiting for. And he says he will cause you to see it. I believe that you are about to see in your day and in your time the miracle working power of God rise up in your life. Amen.
He said he would pour out his spirit in the last days on all flesh, and our sons and daughters would prophesy, and young men would have visions, and old men would dream dreams. Why do we need prophecy? Why do we need vision? Why do we need dreams? It is so that we will be revived in the midst of the years. Amen. That's why the gifts of the Spirit were given to the church. It's so that the church would not give up and the church would not barter away its influence. That the church would not uh, stop moving against the, the principalities and powers of darkness based on the temporary circumstance. Because God can change a temporary circumstance in an instant. Amen. Well, a couple of folks in here believe in miracles. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad for those two that believe in miracles. For the rest of us, we about to get ready. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. God can work a miracle and he can change our circumstance in an instant, in a moment. Hallelujah. All he has to do is say, Lazarus, come forth. Here come the brother up out of the grave, been dead for four days and already, you know, smelling a little bit, you know. All he has to do is speak a word. Do you believe that that Jesus is risen from the dead? Do you believe that that Jesus is risen from the dead? Glory be to God. Then rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Oh, hallelujah. God is able to do the impossible. Come on, give him a shout of victory in this place today. Hallelujah. He says he's going to revive it. In our day and in our time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They may be telling you, no, I ain't going to never trust that Jesus you believe in. That stuff is crazy. Mama said the same thing. <laughs> but I saw Mama come down on the walker. Hallelujah. And gave her heart to Jesus. Hallelujah. So don't be moved by those things. You only be moved by the word of God. Have faith in God. The just shall live by their faith. Amen. And so you keep speaking to the mountain. You keep speaking to the principalities. You keep declaring the glory of God. You keep speaking the word of God. And you will see his revival come in the midst of the years. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He is able to do the impossible. Praise God. Look for it. Expect it. So what is the work that you need God to revive in your life? Is it a ministry that he called you to and you've become discouraged? You've, you've either contemplating quitting or drawing back. No, it's time to start moving forward again. Is it a relationship that has hit a rough spot and the fellowship needs to be restored or renewed? God is willing. God is faithful. He will meet you at your point of faith. Is it a business, a plan, a proposal, a promotion that has been hindered or delayed? God is able to make dead things fruitful again. Hallelujah. He's able to make unproductive things live again. Hallelujah. Perhaps it was your own foolishness and your own sin that derailed you from a path of fruitful serving and loving of God. But just as David recognized his own sin, and in Psalm 51, he repented, and he was fully restored, and God revived his life. God is able to do the impossible. The Lord is calling for us to return and do the first works from a place of humility, a place of courage, 
place of perseverance and a place of strength. As Moses said in Exodus 33, Lord, show us your glory. And he said, I'll cause my goodness to pass in front of you. And he said, there's a place near me where you can stand on a rock. And when my glory passes by, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. I'll cover you with my hand until I've passed by, and then I'll remove my hand and you can see my back. God is still able to put us on a rock. When you're standing on the revelation of Jesus, when you're standing on his word, you're not standing on a slippery slope. You're standing on the rock. Jesus is the rock of our salvation. And when you stand on the revelation of him and his word, you will not be moved off of the hope of your calling. Lord, revive us in the midst of the years. I really believe that there's a powerful wave of God's revival spirit that is coming to this place. I don't know the history of your church and what your church has been in the past, but whatever it's been, God is about to double the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a double portion of God's glory and strength. Amen. Because we thank God for whatever the past has been, but we don't live in the past. We live in the present, and we expect God to lead us into the future. And so as we live in the present, because now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not received, now faith. If you live in the now of faith, then you will begin to have courage and strength to believe God for the greater things. Because whatever he has done in the past has been glorious, but I want you to know that God has more glory because he says the knowledge of the glory of God would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And so God's glory is still marching across this globe when people are filled up with his power, filled up with his faith, filled up with his word, filled up with his spirit, and they're pouring their lives out for the King of kings and for the Lord of lords. And there are many people here in this area who need the witness of the gospel in you and only you have been assigned to them. Now think about that. God has assigned certain people in our lives that we're to bring the gospel to. Let your prayer be every day, Lord, don't let me mess up my assignment. Hallelujah. I remember when I was in school, you know, I would study hard so I could Turn in all my assignments and get a good grade, professor. Amen. <laughs> and I took my education seriously because I didn't want to be picking cotton for the rest of my life. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Boy, that was hard work. <laughs> Man, working out there in the cotton fields, I'm like, mm-mm. Lord have mercy. There's got to be another way to live. Rather than being out here in these fields, amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> so I'm going to study real hard because I ain't picking cotton for the rest of my life. Glory to God, amen. <laughs> well, we need to study our kingdom assignments hard. When we pray, when we read the word, 
and we begin to meditate on his promises and the Holy Spirit begins to shine light and revelation into our lives, we need to know that we have a kingdom assignment that God is counting on us to finish. He doesn't want us to take our gifts and talents and bury them in the sand. There's going to be an accounting time that the Lord is going to bring to us. The just shall live by their faith. And if we're living by faith, we don't have time to be checking to see what somebody on the left side and the right side is doing. I don't know. I'm waiting for this brother to move. I'm waiting for this sister to get busy. Then maybe, you know, I'll get inspired. Listen, <laughs> if sister don't ever get inspired, you get inspired on your own. Because he says, I will revive my work in the midst of the years. In other words, if your heart is inclined to me, if your heart is open to me, he says, I will cause my power and my grace to rest on your life so that you can get busy about accomplishing the kingdom assignment that I've given to you. Amen. And so all of us have kingdom assignments. And there are people waiting for the witness of the gospel in our lives so that they can be set free. But if we live in a way that we are not accessing the faith of God and we're stepping back from the whispering words that the Holy Spirit put in our heart to obey and we don't obey, then we are not going to be able to fulfill our assignment. That's what God is waiting for. He's waiting for us to say yes and to back that up with actions because faith without works is amen. He doesn't want us to just give lip service to our assignment but he wants us to step into it. Hallelujah. I'm excited about what I sense that God is doing in this place. He is literally aligning our lives with his purpose, and he's causing the Holy Spirit to begin to minister his grace to our hearts. He's a compassionate, merciful, loving God. You go, well, I got issues. Well, God can still take care of your issues. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. And so as you receive God's grace in whatever area of your life, run out real quick and go give that grace to somebody else. Hallelujah. If God touch your body and go, oh, man, I was sick and now I'm well, you run and go lay hands on somebody quick. Come over here to me. God heal me. I want to pray for you too, sister. Amen. If God restored your marriage, you run out quick and say, hey, look, God can fix that thing that's going on between the two of you because look what he did with me and my wife. Glory to God. They'll look at you like you're crazy. But you'll be filled with the glory of God and they won't be able to resist his power on your life. See, what we do is we wait until we get everything we think fixed, and then, okay, I'm going to go do something for Jesus. You might be waiting a long time. What you do is you start operating in that area where there's abundance. He said that the Holy Spirit will work in us and do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that is at work in us. So when the Holy Spirit is at work in you in an area, that's, that's your activation point to go get busy for Jesus. Amen. So if, if, he's, if he's working in that area and there's some healing and some breakthrough, then you'll be quick to go give that away. And it'll multiply his grace in your life because you'll keep receiving grace upon grace. Hallelujah. That's how this thing works. Amen. God doesn't want us to become like the Dead Sea. 
but he wants us to be like a river that flows. He says, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit. The river flows from those places where you've received grace and then you give it away and it creates an abundance of, of a flow in your life. Hallelujah. So you say, well, I got four areas God working in and I got one I'm doing all right in. Well, then you're doing good. Praise God. Take that one and get busy. Got to take care of those other four while you wait, while you're serving. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But if we go, well, I, I got four, four to one. Oh, man, I, I better wait till I get two or three more. No, 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 no. You start using what you got. The just shall live by their faith. Hallelujah. Not by their sight. We want to wait till we get sight. And we can see everything right, and then it's like, okay, now I'm ready to go now. No, no, no. That's not living. You live by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. God is able to do miracles, and I'm looking forward to, to hearing the testimonies of the miracles of God's grace as he revives us in the midst of the years, and we begin to lay hold of our kingdom assignment and begin to walk in the fullness of God's plan, purpose, and destiny that he has for us. You know, I was in Moldova a few years ago, and I'm closing with this. I know I've gone over my time. Um, and there was a church there about to go through a church split. It was uh, made up of Russians and Romanians. And the Russian pastor had mostly a Romanian congregation. <clears throat> but he wanted everything to be done in Russian because he said the Russian language is superior to Romanian. So the sermon was done because the Romanians could understand Russian and Romanian. So he demanded that the sermon be done in Russian, the worship be done in Russian, everything be done in Russian. But 80% of the congregation were Romanian, and they wanted to do something in their own language. And so they called me and asked me to come. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't speak Russian or Romanian. <laughs> I grew up down south picking cotton. So how am I going to fix this? <laughs> You're God's ambassador. The just shall live by their faith. And so I went and met with these people, and I began to pray. I'm like, Lord, you got to give me some insight here because I'm, my history is not their history and the stuff that was done to who, when, where, and all that. All those things, those cultural paradigms that I say sometimes that can hinder us. And so I just began to share a part of my story and how God, through his power, had caused my dad to be ahead of his time to teach us how to love. And so as we taught them how to love and begin to speak about that, God began to break down some of the walls. Long story short, I, it was over several times that I visited. God totally healed that rift. Uh, in that congregation, and they began to love one another. They began to support one another, respect and honor one another. The Bible says prefer others before yourself, and they began to get the revelation of that from the word of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit, and God healed the rift in that congregation. They're still very dear friends of mine, and I stay in touch with them. Why did I share that? I shared that to say that we are God's ambassadors, and God has given us the ministry and the word of reconciliation. And if we will live in that place of recognizing that God 
has a kingdom assignment for us and we would get outside of ourselves and to step into the glory, we would begin to see more miracles in our lives. So don't sit and wait for God to do a miracle. You go and provoke and instigate a miracle in your life by walking in obedience to what you know. Amen. Did you hear what I said? You can provoke and instigate a miracle by stepping into what you know rather than focusing on what you don't have. And as you begin to live by faith, then God will cause his glory to catch up with you wherever you're at. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's what God wants to do in the church today. Lord, use us for the glory of your kingdom. Hallelujah. Can you imagine if Elijah said, well, you know, I would go up there on Mount Carmel and confront those prophets of Baal, but, you know, it's just me. And uh, I don't know. No, no, no. He went and did what the Holy Spirit led him to do. He found out later it wasn't just him. There was a whole lot of other folks that hadn't bowed their knee to Baal. But when he went, he thought it was just him. <laughs> but he did go. You know, we know some other stuff happened later, but the brother did go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Amen. So let's not take that away from him. Amen. So you just go. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all of your might, and you will see miracles in the midst of the fight. Father, thank you for your people. Thank you for this amazing church. Lord, I thank you for Pastor Dave and Patty, and I thank you for your grace that is abundant upon them and, and their family. I pray, God, that you will cause things in this place to be revived in the midst of the years. Lord, let there be miracles of, of revelation and restoration and reconciliation in every level, in every area of the people's lives. Lord, so that they will not only declare, but also, Lord, demonstrate that Jesus is alive and among us. Thank you, Father, for calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And Lord, we receive our marching orders today from you. The just shall live by their faith. And we will step into this faith walk and we will not look back, but we will look up and we will see Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, leading us and cheering us on as we move forward. Lord, bless this church. Cause your glory to rest upon this place. And I thank you, Father, for every family that is represented here. I thank you that there are miracles that are racing to the front door of their houses right now that will meet them, God, and they will rise up and they will glorify you and they will praise you for your goodness and for your grace and for your favor that rests upon them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you.